Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to The First Team. I am Joe DeLeon. Joining me as always, former NFL and college QB, founder of the Sims Complete QB and host of Sims Complete Sims Complete on the Believe Podcast Network, Matt Sims. Also with us, Irish Breakdown recruiting analyst Ryan Roberts. And today we are going to have another update on the transfer portal for the 2023 cycle. More names have entered. We're going to be breaking down four talented players amongst the current transfer portal class. That specifically being Walter Nolan from Texas A&M, Riley Leonard from Duke, Cam Ward from Washington State, and then Kyle McCord from Ohio State. Guys, I want to start us off here talking about Walter Nolan, who was at one time one of the highest recruited kids in his class. The defensive lineman was an important player for what was arguably one of the more underrated defensive lines in college football, one of the more dominant groups in the SEC. He hops in the portal with a new head coach coming in. Ryan, I want to come to you first on this one. Um, Nolan is in a position to end up on another very talented group. It feels like this is a kid who sticks around maybe in the SEC. What do you make of this situation? Well, I think I think for when you talk about transfer portal kids, it's always important to remember where they come from, right? You know, where the where home is for them. He's a Tennessee kid, so he's right in the the heart of SEC country, you know. So I, I imagine that he will be Somewhere in the SEC, but he, I mean, former five-star recruits, number one overall recruit by at least one platform, maybe multiple platforms there. Like you said, I mean, he's listed anywhere between 6'4", 6'5", and over 300 pounds. This kid was just starting to really hit his groove for Texas A&M. I mean, they had a stellar sophomore class this past year for for defensive linemen, him mm-hmm. and Shamar Stewart involved in there, obviously. So this is a... Unfortunate circumstance for like Mike Elko coming in because I'm sure Mike Elko, one of his first priorities is like, hey, let's get that kid to come back, right? Because that kid's pretty dang good. Unfortunately, he's has the opportunity to go somewhere else, probably make some money, and then you know develop hopefully into a really high NFL draft pick in 2025 NFL draft. So I, I anticipate him obviously staying in the SEC, like you said, Joe. But I think there's going to be a whole lot of suitors because there's not too many former five-star recruits that have played like five-star recruits at over 300 pounds that are on the market every year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is an interesting aspect to it because, you know, for him to leave what I think is, like you said, Joe, one of the most underrated defensive lines in the entire country, what they were able to do to opposing quarterbacks consistently throughout the year, uh, the amount of sacks they accumulated as a group. You know, I'm just kind of curious as far as this move, like Ryan is alluding to, is more focused about maybe being just closer to home and the people that he loves and cares about, you know, in in this particular one. Because, uh, you know, if I were 
in his or a part of his team, I would say that your defense, your skill group is only going to magnify you more as you continue to go down this path of preparing for the NFL. And Mike Elko and the way that he coaches and his attitude is just going to emphasize that even more so. You know, with his discipline, with his toughness, you know, this is just an old school Jersey, you know, mean guy we're talking about here with Elko. So, uh, you know, I find this curious. He's going to have plenty of opportunities, though. The SEC is always looking for more, uh, especially at the defensive line position. Wouldn't be surprised, though, either just from the other reports and articles that I read when he was coming out that, you know, Tennessee obviously is uh, one of the the top suitors right. in, in the field for him. I, I think it's really you just brought up it. I would have expected like Evan Stewart leaving doesn't surprise me leaving Texas A&M, but for any of these defensive linemen dipping, it's very, it's a little odd because Elko is notoriously one of the best defensive line coaches in the country. And he's one of the best defensive coaches in football right now. And he also, I don't know if he was there. Hey, during Mike, Mike Elko is a safeties coach. He's a safeties coach. Get start, your sorry. What I, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, just messing with, I'm messing with okay. you. Man. I'm sorry. Keep going. You know, sorry. you know what I mean though? He has coached a lot of really good defensive linemen and has set them up for success because he's been such a good defensive play caller, decision maker. I, and he's gotten more with less than probably anyone yes. through his young coaching career so far. And now that he, if he has a talent like Texas A&M, you would expect that to be even enhanced more. Right. And, and with all that, too, I, I'm sure that there was maybe some crossover when Elko was there when Walter Nolan was being recruited. So this isn't a guy who's coming in completely from yeah. scratch. But you bring up Tennessee. I feel like Tennessee is the one that makes the most sense. That's purely projection. That We don't have... Uh, any sourcing on that, but it's one that you hear a lot because he's from that area. He's from not too far from the University of Tennessee. But we also look at that defensive line and the young pieces on it, James Pierce Jr., the rest of that group. It's very talented, and there's a possibility yeah. for him to just plug right in in the interior, and you go from having one of the most productive sack-getting groups in college football to being the best defensive line in college football. That, for me, is one that I'm rooting for, for him to end up with uh, with Tennessee Volunteers. Me too. Me too. Let's go, Vols. <laughs> Ten- Tennessee is, uh, all joking aside, Tennessee is trending in a very good direction, right? So, I mean, they need those difference makers on the defensive line. You mentioned James Pierce Jr., Joe. I mean, we're going to be talking about him a ton in summer scouting this year, man. That kid is an absolute freak. If they get a guy like Walter Nolan to couple with him on the inside, Tennessee could have a scary defensive line in 2020. Because also, Tyler Barron got invited to the senior bowl, but like he could come back for one more year if he decided to as well, the bookend defensive end. So that defensive line could be one of the better ones, not only SEC, but in college football next year if that happens. Let's go. I love the way this show is starting right now. I'm ready for the season already. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, The next guy that I want to get to, Riley Leonard, the quarterback for Duke, who coming into the season, uh, Ryan and I, he's actually appeared on the show. We've uh, Ryan's interviewed him, and and he's a, a great kid to get to talk to. Very talented player was projected by a number of outlets, including Ryan and I, as a possible late first-round pick. He's got all the tools. Starts to have a really good start to his season, despite being in a bit of a limited offense, and then he gets hurt. And then yep. the conversation of him being in this draft class, it kind of cools off, and then him entering the transfer portal makes the most sense because his head coach leaves. He now has this chance to really shine on a bigger scale at a bigger program. Now, I don't think that there has been a wor- worse player in the portal 
uh, that has tried to hide where he's going. But Riley Leonard has been uh, kept secret. Right. He hasn't outright said that he's going to Notre Dame. But he has gone and yep. followed like every single kid on the Notre Dame roster on Instagram. He's gone and followed every transfer portal wide receiver on social media. So he's he, very, he's also visiting Notre Dame literally today right. and tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. A commitment even by the time that this is posted, I wouldn't be shocked if we don't already know where Riley Leonard does end up. But we'll we'll end up seeing maybe someone comes out of nowhere and you know interrupts this but Matt I want to talk to you first about this because I know Ryan's definitely going to have a lot of info talking specifically as him as a player if he does end up at Notre Dame what does that do for this Notre Dame team and maybe how does this help his projection to the NFL make sure you check out bet online for all of your sports betting needs for anything that I do betting related I go on over to betonline.ag and I use promo code believe 50 bet online has all of the latest updated odds for the NFL and college football seasons, anything you need, whether it's futures, live in-game betting, no matter what, your football betting needs are met at Bet Online. And again, make sure you use that promo code Believe Fifty B L E A V five zero to get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. You know, it's great for the team, right, as a whole, because of uh, obviously. You know, Sam Hartman, what he stood for that program, you know, as a player, as a person, you know, it seems like Leonard does fill that void. He seems to be a high character person that, you know, Notre Dame wants to be the quarterback in the face of their their franchise. What I need to see a little bit more from Riley Leonard is just like just the pure drop back passer that can dice you up. And that was the thing that was most glaring to me with with Sam Hartman this past year. I didn't see that enough. I saw and heard about all the stats that he accumulated at Wake Forest. And then when it was in the prime time with Notre Dame in that offense, it seemed like, you know, it just didn't show enough for me to say, yeah, that dude is an NFL football player. For Riley Leonard, that would be kind of like the main conversation that I would have with the coaching staff is like, I know that I'm a good athlete. I know that I can scramble. I can run. I can make plays with my feet. But you guys really need to help me develop as a pure drop back passer and develop an aggressive passing game where it shows that I'm going through reads, making quick decisions, making powerful throws down the football field and utilizing their skill set to its most. And, And that's where I feel like for Riley Leonard, and what Ryan has said to me and how aggressive Notre Dame has been so far in this offseason with the transfer portal, that seems to be the trend in which Notre Dame is trying to go to with this yep. new quarterback potentially signing with them. Well, Notre Dame, I think, is making a concerted effort to get to get that dual threat element at the quarterback position. I, I think one thing that we need to remember was Sam Hartman was Tommy Reese's guy, right? That was right. the guy that Tommy wanted in the portal. They got him, and then Tommy ended up leaving to go to the University of Alabama after that happens. Since Jared Parker has took over as the offensive coordinator, we have seen three quarterbacks. Well, Bradley Leonard isn't committed yet, but if Bradley Leonard does commit, then there we will have seen three quarterbacks commit to the Notre Dame team. One is Deuce Knight that I know, Joe, we've talked about it, Don, who is a 2025 dual threat quarterback that's a four five flat six foot five type of quarterback yeah they also got a preferred walk-on in 2024 and anthony rezak who's a six foot three four four eight 40 yard dash kid so a dual threat quarterback and riley leonard fits that bill as well he's probably going to run somewhere around four six flat give or take 
one hundredth of you know a couple hundredths of a second you know as far as his forty yard dash time. The kid can flat out run at six foot four, two hundred fifteen pounds. I think this is what Notre Dame wants at quarterback: a kid that can extend, a kid that can create, a kid that at times could also do a little bit of quarterback run game. I think that that's what they want in their quarterback. So I think there's a definite a style that is being created at Notre Dame. This is their guy, ultimately. No, if you ask me today, who's plan B for Notre Dame in the portal? I have no idea. I know they've done homework on some guys, but I have no idea where they would turn to if they did not get Riley Leonard. That is absolutely their guy that they want in this portal. And I think it makes a lot of sense when you're talking about because Auburn made a, is still making a run at Riley because he's from Alabama for one. His girlfriend goes to Auburn. Like That's kind of a conversation. Some other schools are obviously in the hunt, but Notre Dame has separated themselves because it just kind of seems like it fits him from a personal perspective, from an academic perspective, obviously, him being a Duke kid. But I think that next year, Riley Leonard is what Notre Dame needs because you're right, Matt. There needs to be a concerted effort for him to show that he can be that pure pocket kid, pro-style system, be able to pick a team apart inside of structure, not have to work outside of structure as much. That needs to be a concerted effort. One thing that I think Notre Dame's doing well, they're bringing in a lot of productive wide receivers from the portal already. You know, they got a, they got a commitment from Chris Mitchell, who had over 1,100 yards last year from FIU. They're bringing in guys like Bo Collins, who's played a lot of football, like Josh Kelly, who just visited from Washington State that had near 1,000 yards last year in the Pac-12 as well. They're bringing in proven commodity wide receiver because I think that the wide receiver position at times failed Sam Hartman. I think that they failed right. him a little bit at times. So I think you're going to try to put players around him and also, Notre Dame's going to be a little young up front on the offensive line next year. And what can help a young offensive line take those bumps and to develop throughout a season? A quarterback that can make mm. the wrong right at times, that can make the incorrect correct. And I think that Riley Leonard, with his dual threat ability with his legs, has a chance to do it. So it's Notre Dame's to lose right now in this recruitment. He's on campus today and tomorrow, recording here on a Wednesday. And I think that he is what Notre Dame needs in 2024. And if they're able to put stuff around him, I think that they could help him develop into that player. But obviously, you need to see a big jump in year two under Jared Parker as offensive coordinator. Definitely. Keep going. I got to charge my oh, laptop. <laughs> I wasn't sure what Matt was doing there. Um, you bring up a lot of really good points here, though, with with Riley Leonard. And I I think that his impact and add to the team is going to be really significant. And he's one of the few guys that we're not going to sit here and speculate his potential destination. Cam Ward, though from Washington State, formerly of Incarnate Word, is a guy that, Ryan, you and I had eyes on pretty early. I haven't covered yes. him when he was at Incarnate Word on the FCS show that I do, and everybody I think that has their ear to the ground for Transfer Portal and for the NFL Draft was paying attention to what this kid was doing. He put up ridiculous numbers at Incarnate Word. He goes to Washington State. He follows his head coach who takes the offensive coordinator gig. Uh, at Washington State, has a tremendous first year, looks even better this year, even though his head coach left and and took the uh, North Texas job, I believe. I'm not surprised yeah. that he hops in the portal because, frankly, he followed his head coach. That was why he went to Washington State, which probably was on the lower end of recognizable programs that were offering him. I know that Ole Miss was really interested in him the first time around. He gets this chance now. I had a, a an early day two grade on him in the offseason – I thought that he has all the tools, but has not necessarily put it all together just yet. He's getting close, yeah. but he now has this chance to go to a team that has produced a uh, quality quarterback play to put him in a position to play cleaner football with much better receivers, a better offensive line. And he could end up being in next year's class where there's 
a ton of question marks on who that top quarterback is going to be. Probably going to be Carson Beck, but there's a lot of opportunities for guys after him to end up being top 10 picks, and Cam Ward is now in that position. Right now, there's a lot of rumors that he ends up at Ohio State, which makes a lot of sense. I'm sure that they're going to throw it to – that's the one that's been brought up a lot. That's hmm. I, Have you heard otherwise or, or seen otherwise? I, I, I have heard that there was a pitch from Ohio State and that it was not accepted. Oh, I'll, I'll I, didn't that, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that part. But – Still, so, there's options. Yeah, sorry, for him. Guys. No, no, no. Okay, I would. Yeah. I was going to throw it to you anyway. So, what do you think of the camp yeah. situation? Well, well I- without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I was reading a report, and I think that it does have a lot of validity to it, that a few of the teams that have been kind of associated with Cameron Ward, one of them is Ohio State because they've definitely reached out a ton. And now, obviously, Ohio State hasn't needed a quarterback, right? Because they got the Kyle McCord situation. Oregon's another. USC is another. Florida State. Washington. Miami and Wisconsin. Those are a few of the teams, but also I think this thing is still wide open. You know why? You know, why I know this Joe actions speak louder than words. One and two, where's Cameron Ward today? He's at the university of Nebraska. So mm. that obviously was not on the list. And yet he's visiting the university of Nebraska. I have no idea where Cameron Ward is going to end up. Like I said, I've heard that I've heard the rumors about Ohio state. I've heard that it wasn't something that he sounded like he was, overly interested in it, at least right now. I mean, I guess a different offer could be made, you know, as far as what they can provide for him and all that great stuff. So things can change, I suppose, but I have no idea where Cameron Ward is going to end up because he I means a Texas kid. Originally, you said he went to incarnate word. He was a former zero star recruits, even though I'm pretty sure his cousins like Quentin jammer or something. So he comes from a football family, wow. which is just kind of odd, but zero star recruit goes up to Washington state. I have no idea where you go. I mean, he could go to the sec, he can go to the Big Ten. I mean, he could go pretty much anywhere, and I wouldn't be totally shocked. So this guy might be the one on the list right now, Matt, where I'm just like, where does he end up? I have zero idea. He could end up almost anywhere, and I wouldn't be shocked if Cameron Ward ended up there. Florida State, though, is the one that has kind of my 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 intrigue the most. But that's just me. Yeah, personally. I was gonna I was gonna ask you, Joe, what do you think out of those teams that you listed? Because that's that's a pretty impressive list of schools yes. uh, that that have you know obviously great foundational pieces to them already what fits Cameron Ward the best out of that group I think USC is probably the one that, which really frustrates mm-hmm. me and on not wanting USC to succeed but I mean we just talk about his tools playing in an offense that allows him to you know get creative and he's not the same level of improviser as Caleb Williams, but I don't know. That's pretty scary to think of that possibility. That's actually, that's kind of debatable. Actually. I feel like I see Cameron Ward make some unbelievable, you know, improvisational type of plays that is that even a word? Probably not. What I more so meant um, is that he doesn't, he doesn't do it as, (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't do it as often. That's what I feel is what I'm saying. He does. 
you know, and that's where I find him an interesting prospect too, because I thought at times when I did watch him play, it was just like, can we just drop back and throw to to one or to two? It was kind of like, yeah, he's open, but I'm going to like extend the play and make something happen anyway, because I am a good athlete. I do do a great job of being strong in the pocket. The guy has shaken off, you know, more, you know, arm mm-hmm. tackles in the pocket. Than I feel like any other quarterback, when you watch some of the plays that he's had this year, his ability to extend plays, throw the run is extremely impressive and extremely natural too. Oregon, to me, would definitely be up there. Oregon, though, is a little too dink and dunk for me offensively, so I feel like it doesn't quite match his ability, but I feel like he could do what Bo Nix did a year ago or this past year of just being able to make great plays, you know, outside the confines of that offense at times. You know, uh, USC is interesting only because of the DeAnthony Lynn signing on the defensive side of the football and them actually being potentially a more balanced football team finally. You know, so that in a weird way to me would interest me as a quarterback that now I don't have to win games 60 to to 50 something like we can actually win games by being a a balanced football team at times. Uh, The Florida State one to me is definitely fascinating, too, because I feel like he kind of fits the mold of like what they're trying to do in the future of that program. Uh, and, And Jordan Travis, you know, really did a lot of those things that I feel like Cameron Ward does well, too, like just throwing the football aggressively down the field and accurately and then being able to create when stuff something wasn't there in the first place. I, w- I would not hate him with Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb out in Washington either. Oh man. my like, god, I think there's yeah. a lot of great options on the board. Was, the was that, on, that like, on your list? Yeah, was yeah that on Washington, your list? Washington was on the list. The only one I don't love is Dude. Wisconsin. Oh like, I don't god, love that air raid necessarily. That would like, be disgusting if you're running. There. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't see that either. Washington. I'll say this: Grubb and what he does offensively. Yeah. I mean, any QB out there that watches just show, this show. <laughs> Pay attention to where that man goes, whether he stays at Washington or whether he leaves. This dude's running NFL type of, you know, schemes mm. and, and attacks on defenses at the college level. Pay attention. This guy knows what he's doing. Agreed. I, I'm, I'm kind of ex- I, I'm not expecting he leaves, but I'm really wondering if somebody because he already turned down Alabama. I wonder if maybe at some point he doesn't either take a head coaching gig soon or if he does jump to why though I feel like Jalen Milrow is awesome he's right. one of my favorite football players in college football well right he now. turned down Grubb turned down the Alabama job last oh offseason. I'm sorry yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. So, okay I apologize yes. I thought you were talking about no, okay no, so fault. he turned it down and then that was how we we ended up with with Tommy Rees there because that was like a tertiary option for for Nick Saban, and it's worked out oh, though. Yeah. Worked. My bad, I misunderstood. Joe, but yeah, Joe, that he would was be uh, he was option number one. Just ask Alabama fans, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, last guy that I want to get to before we wrap up: Kyle McCord from uh, Ohio State, former five star, very talented player from the tri-state area. Uh, played in high school yep. with Marvin Harrison Jr. He had to have been the most unexpected to enter because I, I felt like. The ups and downs with Kyle McCord this year, yes, there were some negative performances against some of the best teams that they played. I, I thought is the only real bad, bad games that he had, which weren't like basement level performances. Awful. He, right. he had yeah. a couple bad throws through some picks, looked a little rough against Penn State, a little rough against Michigan, and then Wisconsin was the other one that comes to mind. He still showed a lot of signs of positivity. You understood why he was a five-star recruit. It was understandable. First year starter, right? I mean, yeah. It was understandable yeah. why Ohio State had a ceiling for them to not reach the playoff with him this year. 
But everybody, including myself, anticipated that the kid was going to come back and that they were going to take a step forward and maybe that they gear up by adding some more receivers in the portal, whatever it might have been. He instead, there clearly seems to be some sort of decision on either his end or, or the coaching staff's end to bring in competition, bring in a new, a new body. This is probably best for Kyle McCord, though, to get that fresh start. Matt, I want to just go to you first here to get your thoughts on, on Kyle McCord, on um, maybe possibilities of where he could fit best for him to take the next step forward. Because again, we've seen tons of these five-star guys go to a new destination, have a completely better uh, time at a new program, and then take off and then be back in the NFL draft conversation. Yeah, and, and I can't be too specific just because, uh, you know, for everyone at home, I, I am, you know, directly affiliated and a part of that that team, you know, uh, for Kyle McCord and, and supporting him and being, you know, one of those people that they bounce I- ideas off of. Right. But I could tell you that there's two teams in the ACC that have a heavy interest. I, I know for a fact, too, that there are two teams in the SEC that have a heavy interest right now in Kyle McCord. Um, and, and then also a Ohio State rival within the Big Ten that has shown some some interest in, as well in Kyle. And, you know, it, it's to me, it's crazy to think that, this situation didn't work out. You know, uh, I know more than on what I'm uh, going to allude to, but just dude's a, a starting quarterback for an 11 one football team. I think this is a team too that Ohio State, they haven't been as talented as everyone claims them to be, especially, you know, considering the past handful of years, you know, from the offensive line to the skill group to all that kind of stuff. I know how great Marvin Harrison is too, but I just feel yeah. like, um, you know, he was put in positions where he wasn't supported enough. And whenever there was chances to potentially put out fires that, you know, uh, allow him to kind of take ownership of his part in the team, you know, those those things didn't actually take place. If anything, there there was more gasoline Mm -hmm. put onto the fire for people to use their imaginations to kind of take it away from there. So um, the good thing is, is that this dude is resilient. He's tough. Like you said, Joe, you know, he has made a lot of big time throws and a lot of big time moments. And uh, I'm excited for his future at whatever school that he goes to, because I think that there is definitely a higher ceiling to be had for Kyle McCord and his growth at the position. Just such a weird situation, isn't it? Because you had a quarterback competition this past offseason, obviously, between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. So Kyle wins that job. Like you said, Matt, leads him to 11 and one to a Big Ten championship game. And now. Obviously, there was a difference of opinion on what's the best step moving forward between the staff and Kyle. And now Kyle's out. And now I'm, are you turning to Devin Brown, who you just said wasn't good enough to be your starting quarterback this past offseason? If I'm Devin which Brown, which is a now, totally different style of football player, right. too, yes. which is interesting. Because then you would yeah. really have to commit to a, a totally different philosophy offensively of how you score points and generate explosive plays. Well, and, and I'm thinking of like in Devin's mind, because obviously that situation happens, you lose a starting job. But now if you bring in a transfer quarterback to compete with him, I, am I supposed to believe that they have confidence in me? Like, am I supposed to believe that? I, I don't see how I, he could possibly think that right now. So the Ohio State right. quarterback situation is just going to be weird. Like, it's going to be a fascinating offseason to watch because I have no idea who they're going to bring in, one. And two, I just want to look like what the – because if if Devin Brown loses another quarterback competition, is he going to stick around again for another year? Right. Like, I mean, you're going to potentially alienate another quarterback. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, that's probably the most contentious and highly talked about quarterback rooms I think in the country because of the turnover and 
the capabilities of what they're going to get. I, I mean, heck, I even just brought up, I thought that Cam Ward was going to end up being that guy, and it sounds like that might be off the table. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening there. A lot more action to happen with the transfer portal. We'll continue to monitor and talk about some of these names that do enter and do end up finding destinations. Folks, thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button at Joe DeLeon, at Sims Complete QB, and at Rising Draft. We'll be back. Enjoy the rest of your week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.